0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein.
1: And I'm Hannah Christian, the Assistant Director of Career Services. And on today's podcast, we have Kayla Fertreese, who is a human services major here at Northwest. I think she's a junior. She says junior, senior. She's kind of straddling the line there. Um, And she is the president of Active Minds here on campus. So welcome, Kayla.
2: Thank you, super glad to be here.
1: (laughs) We need a track or I need confetti or something because I feel feel like that moment gets lost. Anyway, so welcome, Kayla. Uh, Can you tell us, so as president of Active Minds, can you kind of explain to me what that organization is? It's fairly new.
2: Yeah, so Minds as a whole is a mental health awareness organization. So the national organization, does a lot of different programming and trying to extend different resources to places across the nation to help improve campuses, both college and high school um, in the U.S., in regards to mental health um, and mental health resources. So Active Minds at Northwest was created in 2019 um, with myself and a few others, um, another person that played a big hand and that was uh, our advisor, Monica Ziegle. So since then, Um, It's just been trying to lay the groundwork for and foundation for this um, organization on our campus. And so focal points are fundraising, advocacy and awareness, and campaigning. So we help to campaign for better resources. Um, For example, uh, last year we were working on some ID and student fee campaigns. Uh, The student fee campaign that we were working on ended up being proving not necessary, basically, because Student Senate ended up proving an increase of student fees for uh, wellness services. So that was a plus for us, and then we were also working on ID campaigns to um, advocate to get the crisis text line suicide hotline on the back of the student ID cards. And we didn't have to do much with that either. I had I work in the ID office. And so I had brought it up to my supervisor, actually, that we were working on this campaign and trying to understand what processes may go into it that we need to look into to see how we can bring that. And she just mentioned it to the person who orders IDs, and they were all for and so they got those ordered. And so a lot of majority, if not all of the freshmen this year, um, received new IDs with those hotlines on the back of them so we're super super oh yeah that's really cool yeah Yeah, it's very fun but uh, very exciting and so we do those things we're working on um, planning events to raise awareness on mental health and things like that and just overall hoping that our presence on campus raises that awareness of the resources that we do have available and also helps more students you know kind of understand and recognize the importance of it as well so
0: yeah, I would think part of the goal of that organization is destigmatizing, you know, yep. letting people know it's okay to ask for help, you know, sometimes that's really the first step is just not being afraid to say I need help with whatever. So that's that's excellent. That's definitely yes. awesome and needed on campus. So thank you for your help with that.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, Active Minds, their uh, motto, slogan um, is actually change the conversation about mental health. So yeah, that is the idea to basically break that stigmatization and um, open up that conversation that it's not, you know, it's not a sensitive topic that should be weird to stay away from we all I mean it is a sensitive topic but we all should be comfortable with you know asking a friend you know how are you really and and going deeper into that conversation um not just surface level to really see how people are feeling and especially now right now with the current pandemic that we're in everyone has been impacted in some way, shape, or form. And so definitely trying to get those conversations started and making sure we're checking up on the people close to us and around us um, and, and making sure that we're emphasizing the importance of them to take care of their mental health and, and making sure that we you know, help them find the resources they need if they are struggling. So,
1: Yeah, what a timing. So you were one of the founding members of Active Minds, correct? Yes. yes. So um, in the fall of last year, maybe you were not thinking – in 2020, we're going to have a huge <laughs> pandemic and we're going to be a really important factor no. for the students on campus, right? Not so at all. How, what were you thinking about as, as a leader in this type of organization in March when everybody went away for spring break and then kind of everything broke out? So talk to me about maybe how you processed that. What did you do for yourself? I mean, I know for all of us, like it was a stressful time. So talk me through
2: that. Yeah, absolutely. So, whenever the pandemic hit, there was a lot of emotions I think for everyone including myself. A lot of it was not truly understanding the impact that it was going to have on our lives at the time. You know, we started hearing things about shutdowns and and what have you and And it didn't really register at that point. Um, I stayed, I was planning to stay over the summer in Maryville anyways, because I take summer classes. I took four summer classes this past summer, actually. Um, And uh, I work on campus in the student affairs office. So I usually do that. And and I have an apartment off campus. So whenever things started shutting down, you know, um, the school closed, things like that, it was kind of a shock because I'm like, wait, is this all happening? But honestly, for me, I felt like, it was needed, and it kind of forced me to slow down because there was a lot of things going on um, at that point in time. People were trying to rush into a lot of different things and throw a lot of things together last minute. I feel like at, during that time, and with the current pandemic that was emerging um, to our area at that time, we weren't really sure where to go about it. So I was partially, sp- partially stressed because I wasn't sure if these things were going to be even possible. And so I was trying to come up with alternatives and things like that. And then once everything got canceled and everyone just was kind of like, well, we'll figure it out later. (laughs) And then we were all focused on finally for once focused on ourselves and, and trying to just figure out how we're going to get through day by day with, you know, being isolated from people. That was something that kind of helped me in a way, take a step back and realize I don't have to plan. Um, For every little thing in the future right now, you know, we have to I was forced to take it day by day after that. And so then that's when I really started focusing more on like interpersonal connections um, in those relationships, I started seeing a lot of things where it was talking about people who. Stories that broke my heart, like when students who had to stay home and couldn't could no longer go to school um, and how the uh, cases were going down uh, that were being reported for sexual abuse, child abuse, things like that, not because those things had actually went down, but because people were in the house and they didn't have anywhere to go and no one to report it to. That was that was really hard. And so starting to recognize the things and starting to recognize maybe I was okay the whole time when we were in isolation. I didn't really struggle too terribly much because I have a great support system. But understanding that that wasn't the case for everyone, I took initiative to try and reach out, you know, specifically to um, a lot of my friends and to um, Active Minds members that I knew maybe dealing with things or just to check in in on them in general, Um, sending messages in our group chat and whatnot, and just trying to get a general consensus of how people were feeling and what people were dealing with and how things were going um, was really my focal point at that time. But then, you know, with everything, um, the racial tension in in the nation right now and all of that came to light, there was a lot of other things that, um, I had to focus on as well in, in that regard. And so um, trying to advocate um, for racial equality and things of that nature uh, and the mental health of BIPOC students and staff and, and just people not even related to the Northwest, but just in general, um, started to be my focal point a little bit more too. And I'm trying to understand for myself that I needed to just take a step back because I wasn't in the mental right, emotional state to take on so much from others because I was dealing with a lot myself. And so that's when I started to look at different, um, listen to different, um, that's where I got into podcasts and things like that and really started to dig deep within myself to kind of do some soul searching and um, build my emotional intelligence to be able to continue on because I knew at some point we would be back here if things would take back off and I would be excited to do all these things. And without addressing that first, I knew I wouldn't be able to be successful in that. So I did take a step back a little bit um, to try and figure out, OK, how can I be OK to go into this next year? Because we had made so much progress over our first year to make sure that that momentum keeps going and I'm being, you know, the best resource I can be for my peers but also so we have ActiveMind set up in a great way. So we had a few different meetings with the exec board and whatnot to try and plan. It was really difficult because we hadn't gotten too much direction yet on what things were going to look like when we got back in the fall. So um, trying to plan events and whatnot, while really not knowing what the expectations or mitigation measures would be, was difficult. But once we did finally get those, we started to plan events and are trying right now to focus on inclusivity of everyone including not just people on campus but also people in quarantine. Um, So for example with our meetings we were one of the things that we thought about was okay we want to have in-person meetings because we want to have that face-to-face interaction obviously but also we don't want the people that are in quarantine or isolation to feel left out. So how do we um, provide an event that everyone can participate in. And so we're still exploring some of those options. We did opt with the Verizon cases at the beginning of the school year to uh, go to virtual for our first two meetings, at least for right now. Um, But we're hoping in in the future, as we go along in the semester, and hopefully things uh, start to improve a little bit in regards to the cases, that we'll be able to have, you know, some more in-person events, but we'll still try and keep a virtual aspect to keep those and quarantine included, because I think some of that is forgotten. I know i 've had a lot of professors who have been like, you know we'll record the lecture, send it out for those in quarantine or whatever, but you know not maybe thinking about the fact that those students are are at home all day can 't go anywhere can 't do anything, so as much as they typically may dread going to class, they may be actually wanting you to allow them to do that because they don't have anything else to do at this point, like literally. <laughs> so I'm um, just trying to think about those, those aspects and whatnot and trying to make sure everyone feels included and in trying to do our best to reach out to people and, and extend those resources. And right now we're working on putting together a college self-care survival guide. Um, and we had collected um, tips and tricks, I guess, from members of the things that they do for their self-care. And then at the end, we're also going to include the different resources we have available through the school and just in general. And so, just trying to get those different resources out there, um, so people know because a lot of people are do feel like they're on their own. And so, we're trying to, if you do feel that way or you can't go out of your house, these these are the things that you have, and you do still have these resources available. So, so I had a, loaded answers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's great, though. I just got back from university seminar, and it, we were talking about. Getting involved in organizations and a lot of them mentioned, you know, if, I, if I'm in quarantine and I can't go to the org fair and I look them up on Bearcat link and it doesn't say anything about where they're having meetings, how can they find, how can they get to your meeting? How can they find out how to get to a meeting if you're having them on Zoom and they want to be participating? How do they discover that?
2: Yeah, so I actually um, was talking about Travis with this earlier, but I'm a peer advisor for a university seminar. So this is a question that I was asked um, by a few different people, and I actually do have a few freshmen in my university seminar that were ac- interested in Active Minds. Some, same, um,
1: some in mind, like a lot of yeah, them in mind oh, are very interested. So
2: Awesome, yeah. So basically what I've been saying is if you, the information is not updated on Bearcat link um, quite yet, which Active Minds page I know is updated, um, should be pretty much 100%. They were trying to work on some kinks and whatnot, but if those pages are not updated because Bearcat Link completely changed to a new platform this year, then what they can do is to email the OSI and it's just OSI at nwmissouri.edu, and they can reach out and say, "Hey, I'm interested in this organization. I didn't find their contact information on Bearcat Link. Would you be able to pro- provide me the contact information for the president or whatever of that organization?" And that's what I've been telling um, my university seminar students as well, because I think that's really all that we can do in this moment. I know, you know, there are a lot of you know organizations are trying to get those things updated and whatnot, and a lot of organizations may have social media, but their social media. Um, recognizable or they may not know specifically what to type in to find them. So email the OSI and they'd be more than willing to give you that information so you can get in contact with them. Um, Perfect. but for active minds specifically, it's just Minds at nwmissouri.edu and we have multiple different social medias that are on Bearcat link, um, too. So
1: let's back up. Let's go back into the Kayla story. <laughs> what was your first job ever Kayla? Like you got paid to do. So not um, like you were working for your parents, but like yeah. your first real job.
2: So, my first real job. So, in uh, growing up, my entire life, I was an athlete. Um, and so, in high school, I was a three sport athlete track, softball, basketball. And uh, so, I didn't have much time to work. And my I was fortunate enough to not have to work. And that was my parents kind of always like, you know, that's your job, you know, your sports and, and your school. And your school. Yeah. yeah. And so, my senior year, I was interested in this program that we called the supervised business experience. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, supervised business experience, I think is what it's called. And I went to Lee Summit West High School in Lee Summit, Missouri. And so that was a program basically where a couple hours out of your day or one hour out of your day or so you can um, work in the front offices at the school and you can get paid for that. And you could also earn credit for that. And so obviously that was something I was really interested in, but my dad was actually a little bit, hesitant about allowing me to do that because he was worried that I wouldn't be able to balance it with my busy schedule of being in three varsity sports, you know, and then also being involved in other organizations um, on my uh, high school campus and then also being in classes. And I took a few advanced courses as well. So was just worried about that workload, but I was super, super pumped and super excited for it because I knew that I had a passion for mental health. And one of those job opportunities was in the counseling center at my school. And so I was like, I have, like, I have to get this experience. And so I applied, got the job. And so here I was. And so my first official job where I got paid and was on payroll or whatever, was um, an office assistant for the counseling center at my, at my high school. And so I worked there um, and got to kind of see the behind the scenes of what truly goes on, um, on a high school campus in regards to counseling and things like that. I originally had thought that I wanted to be a school counselor at one point, until I got into that job. And the reason behind it isn't because I didn't think that I would enjoy being a school counselor. The reason behind it is because at present moment, and I I, I say this because I grew up um, in, in education, basically. I come from a long line of teachers. I was a teacher's kid growing up. So I've seen the behind the scenes of education and education seriously it needs some work um, in in, in so many different areas. And a big one is funding for sure, but in so many different areas. And so something that I recognized was that a lot of the times the counselors loved to interact with their students, connect with the students, that's what they got the job for. But a lot of the times they couldn't do that as often as they wanted to because they're overloaded with paperwork and things like that, and things that weren't even related to the job that they were supposed to be doing, but Things that just kind of get put on the plate because they don't have other people to do it or they don't have the money to hire another position solely for this, even though that's what should should happen. And so that's kind of why I decided, you know what, maybe that's not the route I want to go. And so I've started to explore different options of what I can do. And I know every job is going to come with, you know, extra things that you may not have signed up for, paperwork, paperwork is inevitable in almost every job, obviously, but it, I podcasting, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but yeah, I'm just looking for something just a little bit different. Um, and so I'm not sure what that is yet, but I'm still exploring, but I would definitely say I have been extremely lucky with the jobs that I've, um, had just great experiences and really good, like hands on, um, work, like office work, um, I feel very confident in my customer service skills because you know I've answered phone calls from parents and how to interact with them, um, emails, spreadsheets, all of that like I feel like I know clerk um office secretarial type work like the back of my hand um, and so when I got to college and it was actually a little bit before I got to college a few weeks before I applied for on-campus jobs and it was again the same situation my dad was a little bit nervous of me getting into a job with you know going to a new school and that transition and college in general just like not sure how I would handle that especially with knowing that I had been dealing with mental health issues of my own for the past few years and just wasn't sure how that was going to go when I'm you know fully on my own for once and don't really know many people and just have all this freedom, which I I didn't used to have because I was a three sport athlete. And now I'm coming to college, don't know anyone don't know anything and not playing sports. So I don't have that immediate end, basically that a lot of athletes tend to have because they come to practices before school starts and and build that bond with their, their teammates. But I was able to get a job in the student affairs office. And I do very similar work to what I did back in the counseling center. And I absolutely love it. Like, you know, obviously, there's downs to every job. But I have been extremely lucky in the jobs I've had, and they have definitely um, developed my character and, and my competence um, for sure over the past few years. So,
1: so how did, what, what made you decide to come to Northwest? How did you make that decision?
2: So actually it was um, when I was working in the counseling center in my high school. So I was very close to uh, my counselor. Um, and so we were talking at one point, I can't remember exactly how the conversation went, but basically like every now and then and whenever I was working, I may go back to her office and talk to her for a little bit or not when I was working, like after I was working or right before I started working. And, you know, we were trying to narrow down my colleges and my top two were actually Jacksonville university and Howard. So on the East coast, like not even, <laughs> not even anywhere remotely close to Missouri. Um, my sister actually went to university of Tampa Uh, and graduated in there in 2018. And then my dad went to, um, I don't know why I'm blanking on it, but he went to a school in Florida as well. So we're we're all from Missouri. We all live in Missouri our whole life, but they went to Florida and I was like, I want to go out of the state for college too, you know? Um, So I was looking over there, but then my high school counselor, she actually is alumni, Uh, of Northwest and so she was like she we have had many conversations of what I was looking for in a school you know not too big but not too small Um, you know not too big of class sizes and specifically good for the major that I was um, looking at and things of that nature and so she was like just look at Northwest like I'm like and I was like I'm not going anywhere closer than five hours away from my home. Like I'm not. The closest I was looking at was um, Southeastern Missouri State or whatever, and uh, that's
1: a long ways away from Lee's yeah,
2: Opposite corners. <laughs> the yeah, state. exactly. Yeah. Like I was not even thinking about here, and so I was like, no, absolutely not. And then she's like, please just like just just go and listen to the recruiter that's coming to visit our school. If he hate it, like you don't have to do it, but at least go there and listen. So I'm like, you know what? Fine kind of find out the recruiter we like so she went to go find out when the recruiter was coming and she was coming that day (laughs) like in a couple hours and so I was like well I guess here it is so the recruiter came you know we signed my we signed me up for uh to sit in on that session and I, I don't even remember the name of her but she was super sweet super nice and Everything that she told me about Northwest was exactly what I was looking for in a school. And the reason why I wasn't 100% on those, um, my top two schools, Jacksonville and Howard, was because they all had almost everything I wanted, but there was like a little bit of something that they were missing. And so I I had known that everyone had talked about that feeling, you know, you get like when you just know. And I was like, maybe I'm just not going to get that because I also know some people just don't, but whenever I sat there and listened to her talk about Northwest and all the things that it had to offer, um, including costs, which was a big reason why I chose Northwest, I was sold. I hadn't even visited the school. And like I said, I was literally not even trying to be um, closer than five hours away from my home, which now I'm two hours, but I was like, this is where I'm going. Like, <laughs> and, and so that's, that's basically what happened. I did end up visiting a few months later and, you know, felt even more in love with it. And, and that was that I I had, I was scheduled to, um, we were try- starting to plan fights within the next month or so to go and visit those other colleges. And I just like scrapped them, like didn't go. Like, and I had looked at a few other colleges, but I, I came to the Northwest, <laughs> and it was a very rash, like quick, impulsive decision almost. And I am not one for impulsive, quick decisions. Like I am very much a perfectionist, very much an overthinker. Uh, but this one, I feel like I just kind of knew, um, I felt like this was the place that I was going to be able to thrive and, and I felt like I did make the right decision. You know, there's been ups and downs for sure, but the growth that I've had here and the experiences that I've had here, I truly don't feel like I would have gotten in another university just because of how unique the campus is in regard to its size and the people that are here and in the area that it's in and in all of those things. Yeah, I, I'm, very, I'm very glad that I made this decision because I feel like it truly has developed me into the person I am right now and I'm sure the person that I'll be in the future
0: so you mentioned looking for the program so was human services was that the program you were looking for or so did you no, start I, something else and then switch to this
2: yeah so I actually came in as a psych major um, and so as a psych major I came in and my minors were random they were like coaching. <laughs> And like something else that was super random too. And so then as I started to get a little bit more, as I started to learn a little bit more about the different majors and things that were offered, I realized and also what I could do with a psychology degree. I looked a lot at, you know, different things I can do, different jobs you could do. I recognized that I probably needed to go on to get my master's or PhD with a psychology degree to really do much. And so then I was like, I'm good at school, but I don't like school. (laughs) And so... I know that I could go on to do my master's or do a PhD and be, be fine. Like, but that's just, I just can't even fathom or think about that right now just because I'm so done with school, like so over it. And so I ended up kind of looking into my different options of, okay, what can I do that's still similar to this field, but is a little bit broader and I can do more with a bachelor's degree until I decide truly if I want to go, go forward and get my master's. Cause that's also a big decision. If I'm going to get my master's, I'm going to have to, you know, put out some money for that and I want to make sure that's a decision that I'm sure that I want to make and so I switched my major to human services because that gives me a broader range of things I can do with a, with just a bachelor's degree and I put my minor as psychology actually my minor was originally child and family studies <laughs> and then I was like eh, I don't know if that's what I want to do and so then I, I changed it to psychology and now I'm sticking with that and that's what I'll graduate with um, next December but yeah so at this point I know that there are careers that I may want to go into as a human services major that ma- I may need my master's for. But since I'm not 100% sure on the specific career that I'm I'm looking for, and since I still want to get a little bit more experience in the field to understand what more experience or education I do need, that's kind of what I've stuck with now. And so yeah, and I absolutely love it. Love the classes. Um, I'm com- I'm almost completely finished with all my core classes. I think I just have one more actually I just have one more and then I'm only doing major and minor classes right now and then I'll graduate December next year after this year I only have two classes left so I'm just taking them online my last semester but yeah I've been rushing I said I hate school (laughs) I mean it Um, I will work hard I care about my grade just because I have scholarships and whatnot Um, and and as a teacher's kid I was uh, raised really really well in regards to education and, and understanding how to do those things i guess and navigate those systems well but i don't like it like i said i took four classes this summer it wasn't fun for sure but i knew that it was a way to get me out of school faster and as the faster i can get out the better um and people keep telling me you slow down like you want to you want to enjoy these years and and i understand that but i just (laughs) i just can't (laughs) just staying here just to stay in school longer is just not ideal for Kayla. like that is just not the road that I want to take, just personally. So I am trying to get out of here as fast as possible. As much as I love some of the people here, as much as I love some of the things I'm doing, I just, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> I'm ready to find the next steps and explore um, new experiences.
1: Self-awareness is the key there mm-hmm. know yourself if you if you're 100% sure about that then you just run the race that you're running so my, my next question is so has has mental health always been kind of an area of interest of yours or how does mental health, how have you developed an interest in maybe this arena? Because I really feel like, like you said, with that mental health, with the sports background, like you, you have like this beautiful intersection of like several different skills and a path that really is unique. And really, I think, like you said, super needed in a, a time of a global pandemic. Right. So like your, your skill sets kind of just popped you up into this really, useful, pragmatically helpful, service-oriented position. So talk to me about, yeah, mental health and, and how you became interested in that.
2: In elementary school and stuff like that, like, no, I wasn't focused on mental health a lot. I didn't, I don't even know if that's really a term that I, I heard very often or I even talked about myself very often. And even in middle school, my parents got divorced while I was in fifth grade. And so with that, there was there was a lot of emotions that came with that experience for me but I've always been the peacemaker in my family. So I always have tried to help hold it together as best as possible because I want to check on, you know, the others around me um, that are maybe struggling. I also know that, you know, if I'm upset, I know that the impact that has on my parents. And so I kind of, I guess tried to suppress a lot of those emotions, but as I got into high school, you know, I was super involved. I was switching um, because once my parents got divorced, we switched back and forth every Sunday. Uh, from each from house to house. And so when I got into high school, my schedule started to pick up more. That just wasn't working for me. <laughs> um, that, there was just a lot of emotions that started to surface that I had pushed down for so long. And they kind of um, started to show in more outbursts. And so as I was going through puberty and, and in that teenage stage of that being so-called normal, at first, they didn't really notice. They thought I was just really acting out. And when I say acting out, I mean, like, having an attitude or, you know, like, talking back. Nothing crazy. I wasn't, like, a crazy, like, terrible child or anything like that. But just doing things that out of the norm of what I typically do. At first, they would pass off as, okay, just being a dramatic teenager. But then uh, my mom really took notice to it and started to notice, okay, these are more than just temperance insurance, fits, whatever, teenage this is she's really dealing with something (laughs) like this is how she's expressing it and and we need to have her go talk to someone so she was actually the one that got me into talk with a counselor at first and you know they had put me they started to put me on and I was diagnosed with depression um, and they started to put me on medication to help that and so that's when I started really getting in tune with mental health and understanding that and once I started to kind of look at these feelings. I, I've i always been one that's super open um, and, and I try to be as vulnerable as possible with the people that I know so they feel comfortable with me, I guess. And so I had, you know, different conversations with my friends and family and understanding um, this this surface, a lot of emotions for them. And in this surface, a lot of conversations for us, for each other. Um, we were able to talk about, oh, they're having these same experiences that I am. Like, I'm not just crazy, weird, stupid, whatever. I and actually experiencing something that's real and that other people are experiencing too. Why aren't we talking about this more? Like I did not understand that. And it definitely has has picked up more in college as I've you know taken different classes that relate to this and kind of have learned more about myself and about others. But yeah, so I, I guess my interest in it kind of took off whenever I had that personal connection. I feel like that's something very similar for lots of people in this field as well. They had something some kind of personal connection where that's themselves or a close family member that they realize, okay, why isn't this being talked about more? We want to raise awareness and we want to get people to understand, you know, there are things that are available to help you. You just have to know the right right people and we're hoping, and I think, or at least this is my hope for the entire field of, of mental health is that, you know, as time goes on, these things become not just something that you have to know the right person who knows those resources. This becomes a widely known and talked about topic. Um, because I think that we all need this information. Like we all know to call nine one one when we're having some kind of medical emergency or something, but we all don't know there's a a suicide hotline if you're you're thinking about killing yourself, you know. And and those are the the things that we need to to talk about and spread more awareness on is those resources that are available. Because just as I as I always say, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And once we start mm-hmm. preaching that, I think that's when we'll really see a change in our world in general. Because I feel like a lot. I don't want to say all the issues stem from people being <laughs> mentally unstable, but I think that being emo- more emotionally intelligent and having a higher awareness for emotions and mental health and things of that nature, it does make you more empathetic to people and it does make you more understanding of people. You're able to understand, okay, maybe this person isn't being rude to me because they hate me. Maybe this person is being rude to me because this is how they're expressing they're having a bad day and, and trying to turn that away from personal attacks and understanding maybe it's just something that's going on in their life that you have no idea about, you know, things like that and understanding that not everyone has the, knows the resources that are available to to have ho- healthy coping skills so they have, they're not having outbursts in that way where they're taking it out on someone that it's unrelated to. So so being able to understand that and spread more awareness on that across the entire world, I think we'll start to see a positive improvement in our world because there's just so much darkness and negativity, especially lately, that I feel like goes on. And, you know, although that's inevitable in some aspects and, you know, there's always going to be bad days, there's always going to be bad people, but I feel like there there definitely is some kind of potential for for growth in those areas with more awareness about mental health.
1: Awesome. I'm going to kind of like make a little
2: bit of a U-turn here
1: back to back to Bearcat land. I want to know what you think it means to be a Bearcat.
2: So I've been thinking about this
1: question a little bit.
2: And um, as as someone who kind of came here on on a whim was like, okay, this this is where I need to be. The reason why whenever I got on campus, why I was like, okay, no, this is definitely my place. This is where I'm going to feel at home, away from home. Was the the family aspect of of it? Every single person that I encountered whenever I was here, um, whenever I made my my first visit to campus, was super kind, super welcoming, and so I assumed that that would be the same experience that I had whenever I came onto campus. And you know, although like I said, there's there's bad experiences everywhere. There's bad days everywhere. For the most part, my experiences have been extremely positive and the people that I've been able to align myself with and the people that I've become close with here have been that family away from home for me. Everyone is willing to go the extra mile for you if you need and and it's just a matter of of talking to them and saying, Hey, this is, this is what's going on. You know, what do you, what do you think I can do? Or do you have any advice or can you help me anyway? Everyone's more than willing to, to drop everything and help you right then and there. And that's huge to me because I think of that more as putting the humanity back in human um, I like to say that a lot. Um, a lot of places we're so and 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 obviously sometimes that's still that's still something that we all need to work on. That's still something that I personally need to work on sometimes. But a lot of times we're just go 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 and forget to focus on those interpersonal connections that I was talking about earlier. And I feel like people here, uh, or at least the people that I align myself with, truly uh, value and care about those things in the same way that I do. And so I guess, in short, being a Bearcat to me is being human and being that and bringing that humanity piece back to being a human and caring about those same values of of interpersonal connections and caring about those same values of caring for your neighbor um, because you know we're all in college we're all away from home or you know staff members they're all here to they're all here because they have some kind of passion of working with students and helping students in higher education right and so understanding that and understanding basically that everyone has a very similar purpose as to why they came has helped me to understand that you know people truly care about me and people truly love me here and so As much as I am in a rush to get out of here and leave, there's so many people that I'm going to um, definitely, one, stay in connection with after I leave here, but also miss and think about on a daily um, and remnants on the memories and things that we've made. I'm going to miss working at the job that I work at right now. My supervisor, Selena, is literally the best person ever. And um, everyone in that office in general, like my coworkers, and then all the um, full-time staff members in that office are just, Amazing, and we've had the best times ever. And so, and they, like I said, they bring that humanity piece back into being a human. You know, we we had one of our office meetings. We had puppies, newborn puppies that we had, and um, and that was that was our meeting. And it was just trying to bring that focus back to just enjoying one another for once. You know, taking a step back from work. Not everything has to be serious all the time. And realizing we're all human. Yes, we have things that we need to do, but definitely understanding that sometimes those things need to take a back burner and we need to check on each other and with bringing active minds to campus i realized that people are willing to have those conversations and people are interested in those they just weren't sure i guess where to start looking or weren't sure that others were um, but once we started to have these conversations everybody is super open and, and kind and and once that humanity keeps brought in too
1: so you talked about always being very open honestly part of leadership i think sometimes is is being willing to be the person who's going to take that first step forward and say hey i'll be open about this right and so okay. it's so it, it's so i love it so much that you're like hey i'm willing to be open and out there and that's all that it takes to build a whole bedrock of support for the whole rest of campus and i would add staff and faculty included like this is not just about students mental health or young people's mental health i mean we got some real issues
2: too. <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think that's that's another thing is I was actually reading this, I think it was an article or something like that the other day, and talking about um, educational traumas. And one of them was in regards to mental health and having um, professors tell students to take care of their mental health when they're not practicing that themselves. And it's like everyone should be taking care of themselves. If a professor needs a day off because they're having um, – a mental health crisis or, you know, they had something go on at their home or whatever, they should be able to do that just the same as a student should be able to do that. You know, because again, we, like I said, mental health is just as important as your physical health, but we, we look down upon when someone takes the day off because they just emotionally cannot do it, whether they're, you know, have actual mental illness and they're having an episode of some sort, or, you know, someone's they had a family member close family member a friend die and you know they maybe don't even want to talk about that they don't want to talk to anyone about that but they just needed a day to regroup and then you know come back the next day and those those aren't necessarily looked at as the same as if someone were to get sick and they needed to stay home and so I feel like if we we kind of hold each other accountable to that more and and uh, practicing self-care um and you know teachers preaching you know this but also doing it for themselves and, and staff members all the all alike I think that's very very important and that's actually one of the campaigns that I know we're going to be um, working on this semester and that Active Minds has recently released like the national organization because they re- they've released four new campaigns because of the current racial climate in the United States and so they're wanting to focus more on um, how they can help uh, BIPOC students in regards to mental health um, and so one of those is adding mental health resources to syllabi um, that professors give out. And that's definitely something, you know, we, we have things like accommodations. I've had syllabi that they have, you know, UPD resources and, and academic resources, but that mental health as- aspect is often forgotten. You know, a lot of students come in not knowing that. And and yes, we are taught it in university seminar, but then, you know, you get to your junior year and you've forgotten or there's been resources added on that you may have no idea about. And so that, that simple communication of those things, or even, you know, uh, making a point at least twice a semester to send out a wellness event that's going on or something like that to, to really bring that importance back to not back. It really hasn't been (laughs) important for a while, but to bring that importance of mental health to the forefront, I think is, is huge. And I think that's something that we'll start to see as time goes on. And as people become more aware of, the importance of mental health and mental health awareness but yeah I would definitely agree that that it's mental health is important for all people no matter the age uh, race size whatever like all people it's important for um, to take care of your mental health and and practice self-care daily if
1: anybody wants to reach out to you what's the best way to get a hold of you Email,
2: social. You can get a hold of me it's so many different <laughs> so many different ways. Um, you can reach me through email. You can email uh, my email if you just type it in uh, with your university email. It should pop up. You can reach out to Active Minds at nwmissouri.edu, and that'll uh, I get those emails tripped off to my email anyway. So either way, you'll get in touch with me that way. You can reach out to my socials, Kayla Retrie, so I think if you type that into Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. LinkedIn I think it'll pop up for any of those I'm also in the student affairs office at least 15 hours a week so you,
0: you know, could just walk in you, and yeah, say hey yes.
2: <laughs> say, hey, what's up yeah I'm all over the place usually um so you can find me but if you ever have issues finding me then definitely reach out to um like like for example, Monica Eagles is our advisor. She'll help you get in contact with me. Um, but there's multiple multiple ways and those ones I just listed. But
1: you have any tips or tricks or final wisdom? This is your, now your five minutes of extemporaneous exhortation. What you so, have to put out in the world.
2: <laughs> I guess something that I've been telling myself a lot lately, um, and this is a g- very basic general quote, but it's something that I've been living by, is that every storm runs out of rain right now it, there's there's it seems like there's no end to this right and it seems like we're just trucking along day by day no end in sight <laughs> i don't really know what to do everyone's sad <laughs> like and it's just really it's just a really gloomy vibe i feel like in the air but i keep telling myself that and, and keep pushing forward and, and keep telling myself that i survived 100 of my worst days so far so I want everyone to kind of resonate with that a little bit and truly think deeper about what that feels like and what that looks like. Because I know whenever I get in those, those dark times and when I get into those um, intrusive thoughts and, and overthinking and, and whatnot, I, I have to put myself back to the last time that I was feeling like I couldn't go forward anymore that I was feeling that I, I couldn't deal with the, the heartbreak, the hurt, the, the emotions that I was dealing with anymore. I forced myself to go back to that situation. And if I can't remember it, then that's great. <laughs> but if I can, I try and figure out what the timeline is since that last happened. And then I try and think of all the good things or growth that I've experienced since that last time. And that has helped me push forward each and every day um, that I'm having those terrible, terrible days where I feel like it's just the worst day ever. life couldn't get any worse than that. I may I force myself to go back and look at the positives and as as cliche and as corny as it may seem, as cliche and as corny as I as it is whenever you know teachers say, what good things happened to you this week and it's been the worst week ever, your dad, your dog died you're you're you got an F on the class (laughs) like you you tested positive for COVID like just the worst (laughs) week ever you know it seems really cliche but when you have to you force yourself to step back and look at those positives you're like okay you know yeah today sucks today definitely sucks this week sucks this month sucks honestly 2020 sucks but you know I've had x y and z happen since the last time that I said everything sucked and so I'll get through this and you will get through this and, you know, like I said, every storm runs out of rain. and on those days that you're feeling, and I just had a friend who was like, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not trying to do anything, whatever. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Take today, do absolutely nothing. Lay in your bed, be sad tomorrow. I don't care how you're feeling. I don't care how sad you're feeling. You know, it's okay that you're still feeling sad, but get your little booty up <laughs> and, and make your bed, take a shower, whatever. And if that's the most that you do for, day, for that day, I am so proud of you. And that's okay. But also, just know that although today, you know, may not be the best day, or it may be your best day, just know the next time a bad day does come around. Um, it's not the end, you know, every every storm is out of rain, and you have the strength to make it this long. So you have the strength to, to keep pushing forward. And there are resources available. if if you, you are feeling alone and you feel like you can't do it anymore. So.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Kayla. We really appreciated
2: having you on. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I really appreciated
0: it. Well, and thank you for all you do for Northwest too. I mean, Active Minds, I really think that an organization like that is super necessary right now with, you know, as much before pandemic and especially after. So thank you for all your service, not just to the students of Northwest, but to the whole Bearcat family. We really, we appreciate that very much. So thank you.
2: Absolutely.
0: Thank you. All right. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat. And we'll talk to you next time.